What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. I'm your co-host, Brett Yates, and we have a loaded mock draft Monday for y'all, the third edition. First time we're not going with one round. We are going with two rounds tonight, and it's very different from last week's and the first mock draft Monday. A lot of new picks in new spots, especially in the second round. And we got some new guys going to some new places, but we're excited to get this going. We're going to stick with Brady's going to do the odds. I'm going to do the evens throughout all 64 picks. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Two-round mock, no trades still. Uh, might get into some trades next week, potentially. We'll see. I don't want to, I don't want to give you guys a spoiler, but we'll see. Uh, but no, two rounds, no trades. Should be really interesting. I think uh, it us doing two rounds kind of plays into a, a factor of what we pick in the first round for teams because we know they're going to have a second round pick. Especially at the top here, there's a lot of talent to be found in the second round, early second round too. So really excited to get this going. I'll start us off real quick with uh, the first pick. Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Uh, this pick hasn't changed for me. It's not going to change for me until we get some more information. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. They've pigeonholed themselves to taking an edge here. He's probably the top two player in the, on, in the draft, and they're going to go with Aiden Hutchinson here. They need an edge. High priority pick, high priority position. Hutchinson's easy here at one. I get fits a need. All right, second pick. We got the Detroit Lions here on the clock, and I'm going to stick with my guy as well, Kyle Hamilton, top three player in the draft. And while it's a potential trade spot, we're not doing trades, and Hamilton fits what they got to do on defense. Absolutely. Uh, got the Houston Texans here at three. While they've said they're going to rebuild their own Davis Mills, uh, it's not going to be an offensive player here. Uh, picking a right tackle at three is a little rich for me personally. So the pick here is going to be Kayvon Thibodeau, edge out of Oregon. I think he has the potential to be the best player in this class as an edge rusher. Not that he's the best player right now, but he's got the potential to be. Um, I don't think the league is soured on him like the, like the media is talking about. I disagree. Um, again, the three most important positions in football are quarterback, left tackle, and an edge rusher can get after the quarterback. So Houston has a quarterback for now in Davis Mills that they like. They've got a left tackle in the Tunsil, and they're going to get an edge rusher here in Kayvon Thibodeau. Like it. I think Thibodeau is my favorite edge. I said it last week. I think he could be have the highest ceiling in this draft when it's all said and done. Absolutely. Right. Number four, got the New York Jets first of two picks in the top ten. And I'm gonna stick with my pick from last week. Their biggest one of their biggest needs, I think. Uh Ikemakwonu, the offensive tackle out of NC State, fits them the best and Provides good versatility. While he might not be quite as versatile as Neil, I think he can be a better uh, guard day one. Absolutely. I think he he might be the best left tackle in this class. Uh, while the Jets have a left tackle, he fits a need there. Get the best five on the field. Uh, Going to be a similar theme here for the Giants. New York Giants here at five. First of their two picks in the first in the first seven. Uh, Going to go with Alabama tackle Evan Neal. I think he's the best right tackle in this class. Uh, he played there last year. Uh, when Alex Lillard was a senior or rather a junior. No, he was a senior last year, yeah. Um, when he was a senior playing for Alabama last year. So Neil was at right tackle. I think that's his best tape is at right tackle. Uh, the Giants, it allows them to play him at right tackle and keep Andrew Thomas, who they picked at four in 2020 at left tackle. We saw some development in 2021. Uh, I think if the, if this is the pick for the Giants, Giants fans, the, the building will be jumping for joy. If he slides to five here, that'd be awesome for them. So I feel like this is a, this is a uh, an easy pick to make here. 
Number six, we have the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take a quarterback, same pick as last week. And I'm going to go with quarterback out of Liberty in Malik Willis. Carolina showed a lot of interest in not only quarterbacks, but him specifically. And Matt Rule will appreciate this pick. But I think, I mean, Carolina might trade out of the spot. And I think they could go with Charles Cross, who's also available, um, due to them passing on Rashawn Slater last year. Thank but, the Lord. Thank the Lord. But I like quarterback here, and I think Willis could be their QB of the future. Yeah, I think every, everything that we're hearing right now points to them taking a the quarterback, whether it's Pickett or Willis is to be, to be determined. I think Willis is probably the better pick. They're not a contention right now, team, so you should be taking quarterback for the future. I like the thought process there, I like the pick. Giants are on the board here at seven. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is not here for him like it was last time, um, unfortunately. It's a rowdy of it. He's going to go earlier. Uh, Trevon Walker will be my pick here for them at edge. Not my favorite edge on the board. I think my favorite edge on the board here is Jermaine Johnson. But Trevon Walker is who the NFL likes more, and I think he projects well on the Giants' defensive line. He can do multiple things. His, his athletic ability is freakish. Um they could go corner here. They have rumored interest for Sauce Gardner. This could also be a trade-out spot, but ultimately I think second-round corners are potentially better here than second-round edges are. The hit rate's higher, so I'm going to go with an edge here, more valuable position. I agree. And on that same note, I'm going to take the fourth edge in the first eight picks. I got the Atlanta Falcons here. They have a lot of needs. They lose their quarterback. They lose their top receiver for the year due to gambling. Julio's gone. Russell Gage is gone. So they really could go a lot of different ways here. But I think I'm going to take Jermaine Johnson, who, like you said, and I agree that he's one of my favorite edges. Would love for him to go to my team at 14. Doubt that he's there, but I like him, and I think – He'll do really well on that D-line in Atlanta. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson, probably one of my favorite players in the class overall. I love his tape. I said it last week uh, after I watched all of his tape, thinking he may be there at 4 and 17 back when the Senior Bowl was going on. Great player. Uh, I, I love the story. Transferring from Georgia, going to Florida State, let, letting it rip this year. So uh, glad he's going to go in the top 10 here. Charles Cross is on the board, and I'm going to mail the pick in. DK Metcalf should be sprinting this to the podium for Seattle. This fits their biggest need. Uh, he's a great left tackle. If they are committed to Drew Locke or Jimmy G slash Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, whichever they, whoever they end up uh, taking snaps for him next year, if they want to get the ball downfield, the they're committed to DK and Tyler Lockett long-term, at least for the time being. They don't want to move either of them. Again, that could change, but right now they don't want to move either of them. And if you want to th throw the football, you have to have some protection. Charles Cross is, is a great pick here for them. No, no questions asked. This is the pick. I'm not looking, I'm not thinking twice. Yep. With him there and the way Seattle's offense is right now, I think there's no other options here. Yeah. Um, but to round out the top 10, the Jets have their second pick. And today we found out that the Jets and the Giants both have interest in the top two corners in this class in Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU and Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. And because of that, I'm going to go with. Sauce, who I think is the best corner in this class, um, and he fits a need there. But 
I think the fit's perfect. Yeah, I love I love the fit there. I think Sauce is an incredible player. Great nickname. Got a lot of swag, as he should. Um, I think he's a monster. It's a great pick for them. Uh, at 11 here with the Washington Commanders. Got it right this week. Uh, Carson Wentz is the quarterback going forward. Drake London's on the board here. He's not wide receiver one, in my opinion. He's wide receiver two. But uh, I said it last week. I'm sticking with the pick. He's Michael Pittman 2.0 for Carson Wentz. Pittman did wonders for, for Wentz last year. Um, he could, it's a guy who's always open because he can catch whatever's in his vicinity. London's the same way. I think he's really good in space uh, for being that big. He's the, at the best with the ball in the air, going up and getting it. Carson Wentz, kind of a bad quarterback, doesn't really throw the ball that well. Uh, needs a guy who's always open who can just go up and get a football. So Drake London should be the pick here. I'm going to hammer it uh, until we get to the draft or until he goes before this. Okay, compliments that wide receiver group perfectly. Absolutely. At number 12 with the Minnesota Vikings, they lost two interior defensive linemen this offseason. And I think you can't fill that hole better than putting Jordan Davis there. Um, the second guy out of Georgia that we've already taken, and we're taking many more in these, this two-round mock. But Jordan Davis should dominate in the run game. If his pass game develops, that'll be a very scary defensive line with Sedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter hopefully coming back healthy and playing like he did a few years ago. Yeah, I love Jordan Davis. Uh, he's a freak. Maybe the f- best athlete in this class, which is saying something. Um, just because he's – 340 pounds doesn't mean he's not the best athlete in this class. He's freakish. So uh, Minnesota Vikings to get a get an all-pro there, I think, uh, which is always the goal in the first round. Houston, Texas on the board here at 13. This is their offensive player pick. It's not a tackle. It's going to be Jamison Williams. Would have been wide receiver one most likely had he not torn his ACL. Uh, he's a high-impact guy on special teams, too. He's a great returner. I think this is a great pick for Houston. While Garrett Wilson is my wide receiver one right now, I don't think this is where they would go. I think Houston would take a speeder. They have a history of taking fast receivers. Uh, James Williams is probably the fastest receiver in this class. Him or Tyquan Thornton from Baylor, who ran a 4-2-7 40 time. So, uh, yeah, Jamo's the pick here, Jameson Williams. Uh, he, they have time to let him let him heal up with Davis Mills at quarterback for now. So, uh, this should be another, another easy pick for them. I like it a lot, I think. Building around Mills is the right thing to do, at least for the next few years. Got my team on the board, the Ravens at 14. Pretty solid board. Um, They're always likely to trade back regardless of how the board is. It's just the nature of that front office. But you can't pass on the upside of Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. He could have the highest ceiling in his class. And while it's an already loaded secondary, I think, giving them Stingley allows more versatility and with their injury history, it's just that much better for that defense. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's, that screams Ravens, that pick best player available, super high ceiling. They don't have to have him be a home run hitter this year. They have a loaded secondary. Um, so that's a really good pick for them. Again, very typical of the Ravens best player available value pick. Yada, yada, yada. Philadelphia Eagles here at 15. First of their three picks, Brett and I've said it again and again and again and again, we're going to keep saying it until we do trades. This is a no trades, or at least a no trades mock. This, they're at 15, 16, 19. They're not picking all three of these. 15, they're likeliest to keep and pick, I think. I think Philadelphia is going to make an aggressive move up to get a high impact player. Who it is, I'm not really sure, or they could trade down, but um, picking the 15 here, I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, best receiver on the board. 
He pairs really, really well with what Devontae Smith does. I'm not going to give up on Jalen Rager just yet because he's got really good deep speed, terrible hands so far. Um, but he pairs well with them. Uh, he pairs well with the offense. I think Jalen Hurts would love to have a receiver like Garrett Wilson who can do it all. So, again, should be another good pick for them. Draft good players. It's all right, it's right there. Yep, like the pick. They love going receiver early, and you got to give that offense more weapons. And I'm sticking with them. They got back-to-back picks here at 16, likely to be traded. Um, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball, and someone that will be guarding Garrett Wilson in practices in Trent McDuffie, the corner out of the University of Washington. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr. is also on the board here, but I'm going with McDuffie. I think he can compliment Slay while Slay – probably rounds out his career there in Philadelphia, at least for the next few years. You can always move McDuffie around. He's should be in the slot, but you can always play him outside if need be. Yeah, I agree. I think McDuffie's just a really good pro. I think I said it last week. He's probably not an all pro type of guy, maybe even not a pro bowler, but he's a really, really, really good pro. I think he's a, a football genius, that kind of thing. So um, really like him as a prospect. One of my favorite players in this draft. Um, just talking about Garrett Wilson. Going to go with his teammate here for the Chargers at 17, Chris Olave, uh, super fast receiver. I think his second 40 time was a hundredth of a second slower than Garrett's, but he, I think he plays at least deep threat wise a little bit faster than Garrett does. Really, really smooth route runner, really crisp. The Chargers have talked all offseason about getting speed on the offense and they haven't done that yet. Kind of said it last week. Um, you got to hurt Justin Herbert, another, another, another threat deep down the, down the field. Um, this could have been a corner. I, I thought long and hard about Andrew Booth here. Ultimately, I'm going to go with Olave. There's some smoke around interior offensive line for them, which means they're not taking it. Tom Telesco is super close to the vest. That front office is super close to the vest. They almost never kind of have their picks revealed prior to. The only real time you could do that was 2020 when they picked Justin Herbert because you knew they were taking a quarterback. And then last year with, with Slater on the board and as good of a tackle class as it was, and they didn't sign a tackle. You knew they were probably taking a tackle, but – this year, I think nobody really knows. Um, also, a little insider knowledge. Chargers had a little, like, all-in inside episode today about their offseason so far, and there's a clip of Khalil Mack walking into the building. And there's a scout who's watching Ohio State tape, and it's it's the Michigan State game. Ohio State's on offense. Looks like they're watching Olave. Um, so I think that's that's the pick here. I just I can just sleeping imagine in a dream just an Olave deep ball from Justin Herbert would be beautiful. Um Keep up the arms race in the AFC West. So that's what I'm going with here. That'll be solid getting the Chargers another speedy weapon uh, to kind of round out that offense there. Um, but I'm on the board here, number 18 with the New Orleans Saints. First, maybe shocker of the draft, I'm going to go with the safety. They lost Marcus Williams to the Baltimore Ravens, and Malcolm Jenkins is almost 35, and he only has two years left on his contract. I don't know if he'll play him out. I don't know if he'll stay healthy. So safety is a pretty big hole there on that defense. That's overall pretty solid, but you need someone to fill Marcus's void, uh, Marcus's hole that he voided. So I'm going to go with Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. He's, he's my top safety left on the board here with only one safety gone and Kyle Hamilton. And I think this is a good spot to take a safety knowing you can get the guy you want. I agree. I like Daxon Hill's deep range. Uh, so really good pick for New Orleans there, uh, especially with some of the top receivers with the board early. I think that's what they could go with. But again, Olave, Wilson, uh, JMO, and, and London off the board. So I like the pick there. A little spicy, but I'm with it. I'm with it. 
I got the Philadelphia Eagles here at 19 again. I don't think they're making this pick. Nevertheless, we're making it here. Going to be Zion Johnson, the interior offensive lineman from Boston College. Can play either guard spot or center. I think he slots in at guard. I believe right guard is where he would slot in because I think Leonard Dickerson played left guard for them last year, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Either way, it's flipped. Um, And I think he would compete really well with Dickerson once Jason Kelsey's gone next year. I think he probably retires after this season. So I think they get the offensive line better to run the ball, which is what they want to do. Protect Jalen Hurts, protect the run game, um, which we'll get into a little bit later in the draft. But uh, again, compete after compete at center when when uh, Kelsey's gone, solidify the offensive line. So that's kind of where my head's at here. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick there for him. Would love if the Ravens took him um, to round out or to round out the top twenty. I guess I'm going to go with a player who would fit the Pittsburgh Steelers very well. Um, kind of pains me to give this player to him because I think he's so good and will be such a good pro. Um, but regardless of what the Steelers do at quarterback, they have Mr. Trubisky on a contract currently. He's not the quarterback of the future. Whether they choose to draft one this year or ride with Trubisky, you need an O-line, and that O-line has slowly been getting worse and worse over the past four years or so when they were at their peak. But I'm going to go with O-lineman here who will solidify the middle of that offensive line and really help the quarterback stay protected for years to come. And that is Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa. I like the pick here. Uh, Linderbaum is a really good player, maybe a top 10 football player in the draft. Uh, like I think you've said it last week, nobody does their job in the football field better than Tyler Linderbaum. So. Uh, I know it pains you to give them to Steelers, but um, that's a great pick for them. Another really good pick here, a really good player uh, on the board. I think I'm going to take for the Patriots here, the New England Patriots at 21. Going to be Andrew Booth Jr. He slid down the board for sure due to some health issues. Uh, I think this fits the biggest need that they have with J.C. Jackson gone. I think that's the kind of corner that Bill Belichick likes and physical, really ball productive in his time at Clemson. So it feels like an easy pick for the Patriots here. Um, again, Fills the number one need. J.C. Jackson left. He fills a huge hole in that defense. They've always kind of had a number one corner. So I think Andrew Booth Jr. fills that role. Whether or not he is fully healthy his first year, I don't know. Um, but, again, it's hard to pass on this kind of talent here for the Pats. I agree. I think with him being in there at 21, you lose Gilmore and Jackson. It's got to be the pick. 22 are the Green Bay Packers, the pick that they acquired in the trade for Devontae Adams that – the Las Vegas Raiders sent over. And I'm going to go with the guy to help replace Devontae Adams and Traylon Burks. Took him last week. I think Burks fits that offense really well. Very versatile receiver, bigger body. And with them already having Amari Rodgers, I think they'll complement each other fairly well. Yeah, that's a really good pick. Uh, Burks with Aaron Rodgers is scary, just the thought of it. Um, so really good pick for Green Bay there. They finally take a receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Um so I'm sure he's going to be happy about that. 23, Arizona Cardinals. I'm sticking with it from last week. Kair Alam, corner out of Florida. I really like Kair Alam's game and coverage. Don't like his tackling. Again, I said it last week. I'll echo the same thing here. A uh, bit of a reach. I think it's less of a reach than I did last week because his pro day today was great. He looks super fluid. Just a really, really good athlete, natural mover, which is what you, exactly what you want in a cover corner. So uh, Kair Alam here, sticking with it, 23 to the Arizona Cardinals. Fills their biggest need and is a really talented player in coverage. All right. 
24, we have the Dallas Cowboys. We have some needs, not too many, but definitely ones that can be filled quickly here in the draft. And I'm going to take George Loftus. I think he can help give Parsons lesser of a pass rusher role, or he could fill for fill in for Demarcus Lawrence, who just returned. Um, but it gives Parsons more room to do more on the football field. And nonetheless, it just gives them depth. So having another edge rusher will be very beneficial to that defense. Yeah, I like to pick there a lot. Just a really good fit there for the Cowboys. Uh, Buffalo Bills here at 25, who are getting a brand-new stadium in a couple of years. 2026 supposed to be done out in Orchard Park. Interesting maneuver there uh, to get a new stadium. It's an, it's an open-air stadium, so, uh, again, not really sure what the goal is there. Their stadium is yeah. kind of nice now. It's not terrible, but a little side note there today that we found out. Uh, Buffalo Bills going to go Canyon Green here, Texas A&M offensive lineman. Uh, I think he's not a tackle in the NFL. But I think he has emergency tackle flexibility. I think he's best at guard, uh, left guard preferably. I think he's more comfortable at left guard. Um, but, again, an NFL team is going to make him comfortable where they feel like he needs to be. Uh, get your best five on the field, though. I think, he, again, he's versatile. He's flexible. Um, the Bills just cut Darrell Williams or right tackle. They could always get better on the front and protect Josh Allen. So, uh, Kenny Green here, it's not a flashy pick. It's not a real sexy pick for them. It's not a receiver. It's not an edge rusher. But um, this is the right pick for them, I think. I agree. I think filling that those holes on the interior offensive line will help give Josh Allen a little bit more time there. But pick number 26, the Tennessee Titans are on the clock. I'm going to go with another Georgia guy to help fill that wide receiver spot across from A.J. Brown. And I'm going to take George Pickens, kind of a guy that a lot of people are talking about being a second rounder due to health issues. But I think Pickens – Looked good at his pro day, and I think could be a really good compliment across from AJ Brown. Yeah, I think I think we're on the same page here. We've been on the same page for a long time about George Pickens. He's a first round talent. There's no doubt about it. Teams should not overthink pick. I think people are not. I, think, I don't think NFL teams are forgetting about him. I think media members are forgetting about him because it's a loaded receiver class. But George Pickens is a very talented receiver and should be a first rounder. And if he's not, he's going to be a steal for a second round team. Uh, a receiver actually think he's a little more talented than who's going to go right after him here at 27 at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jahan Dotson. Uh, I'll admit I have not watched a ton of his tape. Uh, I just don't think he's as good as some of the other guys in the class. I do think he fits Tampa Bay's offense really well because he's not going to have to be a wide receiver one, even a wide receiver two. He walks in, he's a really good wide receiver three for them. I think he gets open really well next to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So uh, this pick's all about maximizing Tom Brady. And however much longer he's there, and there really isn't much more than that. Don't overthink the pick again. Uh, Jahan Dotson, he's the best receiver available. Uh, I thought about Christian Watson here, the receiver out of North Dakota State, but his skill set's a little bit similar to Mike Evans. I think he's a little bit better of a deep speed threat, but again, big body receiver. I think they're going to go with the guy who's maybe moving around in the slot a little bit. I agree. You got to maximize on Brady's whatever, however, however many years he has remaining. Um, Got to give him everything he needs to help them chase a ring, which is the only reason he returned. At 28, the Packers' second pick. I'm going to go with an offensive lineman, another guy to help Aaron Rodgers, uh, and Trevor Penning. 
They lost a couple offensive linemen. Bakhtiari has trouble staying healthy. They lost Billy Turner. Um, and their offensive interior offensive line is fairly the same, but there wasn't really a player on the board here that was right in filling that hole. So I'm going to go with Penning. He probably goes earlier than 28, but a really good fit along that offensive line, I think. Yeah, I think I think you can either play him at right tackle if you don't want to play Elkton Jenkins there, if you want to keep him at guard, or uh, he's an insurance policy in case Bakhtiari goes down again. You play him at guard and start out his career. He's probably better suited to maybe start at guard, at least for a, a couple of preseason games, get his feet wet in the NFL. Just coming from a, a lesser talent pool, uh, coming from Northern Iowa, I think it wouldn't hurt him to maybe play guard for a little bit. And then if he needs to kick the tackle, kick the, kick the tackle. Um, a guy who did not come from a bad talent pool. We're going to take another Georgia Bulldog here at 29 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pick acquired in the Tyreek Hill trade from Miami via San Francisco. Uh, Lewis Seen. Safety from Georgia, again, you can't go wrong picking a Georgia Bulldog here in this draft from that defense. It's a loaded defense. Um, Lewis seems a really good box defender, I think. I think he drives the ball really, really well. I've watched a little bit of his tape recently. Uh, okay, diving into the safety class a little more as of late. Uh, I really like his tape in the run game, and he's definitely safety three for me. Uh, just I, I prefer safeties that are really good in run support. I think it's an undervalued trade for safeties nowadays. It would have been Dax Hill, but he went earlier. I think he's going to go earlier uh, than this pick. So I think Lewis seems a really good pick here. Casey has to get better in the back end, especially with the Chargers, the Broncos, and the, and the Raiders all getting better this year offensively. I agree. That's a great fit there for him with Dax and Hill being off the board. And they have their own pick here at 30. I'm going to give them a guy to fill that spot that Tyreek Hill held. And I'm going to go with Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. And I think bigger body guy, quick. I think he's a good guy to have for Mahomes and will really help take some attention off Travis Kelsey and McCole Hardman. Just getting another guy in that room will be really beneficial for the post Tyreek Hill era. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that pit, the fit there. I just want to comment on this real quick. Pat Mahomes had a guy named Dylan Cantrell. He's a really big body receiver at Texas Tech when he was here. Uh, Cantrell did not pan out in the league. He tried to be a tight end, big receiver. He didn't work. Christian Watson profiles similarly to him being a really big body, so this fit is going to be perfect for them. I hate it. I don't want to see Christian Watson twice a year in that offense, but lo and behold, it's a really good pick them for them, so we're rocking with it. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals here at 31. Uh, it's a weird board for them. They need they need a couple of things defensively that aren't really here. There's no corner. There's no tackle. Um, I think they're going to make a defensive pick here anyways. And if this is the guy on the board here, they should it should be an easy card turn for them. Uh, Devin Lloyd, best player available, no questions asked. Uh, he's a chess piece. He can do a ton of stuff on the defense side of the ball. I think he's Micah Parsons light. I saw that comparison this week, and I really like it. I'm going to stick with it. Um, he can edge rush if you need him to. He's really good in pass coverage. He's a good run stopper. Uh, I think the NFL doesn't value linebackers high enough for him to go earlier than this. I think he could go earlier in the teens. Philadelphia is still an option there for him. I just think that the, line, the linebacker position isn't as highly valued as it should be in the NFL these days. So if he falls here, Cincinnati would love it if he fell to him 31. I agree. Great fit there. And I wouldn't like to see him twice a year, but – with him falling, I think it'll really be nice for Cincinnati to see that and got to take him. 
round out our first of two rounds we have for y'all tonight. I'm going to go with a guy who just suffered a torn Achilles at his pro day or else would likely be a top 12 pick in this draft in Aiden Hutchinson's counterpart, David Ojabo, the edge rusher out of Michigan, going to the Detroit Lions here. Um, probably won't have much of a year one impact because of that Achilles, but with Kyle Hamilton on the back end, Ojabo in the front seven, I think you're really starting to build up this defense to – what Dan Campbell has envisioned. Yeah, that's a great pick. I, I think if Lions fans came out of there with that with those two guys in the first round, they'd be jumping for joy. It's a very forward-thinking draft. Um, I think that's it's a real great plan for the future there for that defense. Another great defensive pick here, I think I'm going to take here at 33 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, build up the defense. Going to be a Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman from Georgia. Again, can't go wrong taking a Georgia Bulldog from that defense this year. Uh, I think load up the defensive front. They got Aiden Hutchinson in the first. Take another D lineman here in the second because they're in the best run. They have the, they see the two best run teams in the NFL, in the Titans and the in the Colts twice a year. So they're in the division. You got you have to win your divisional games. That's, that's where it starts, right? So load up the front seven uh, and keep keep putting in work on that defense. I agree with him being there. Got to be the pick. Build up that front seven, like you said. I'm right back up here with the Detroit Lions again in their own pick, second pick in the second round at 34. And after taking an edge rusher, the only level of the defense that we have not filled in this draft is linebacker. And I'm going to take the best linebacker available in Nicobe Dean, uh, a guy that could really be the first linebacker taken in this draft. Probably a weak side linebacker at the next level, but could always find that Sam linebacker in free agency, but giving them a young guy at each level in that defense will just – I just said it about Ojaba, but it'll really help that defense come along and not be stuck in this rut that they've been in, especially with Okuda coming back. Yeah, I like the Nicobe Dean pick there a lot for for Detroit. Again, if you if you told Lions fans are coming away with, what, Kyle Hamilton, uh, David Ojabo, and Nicobe Dean – in the, in their, for their, with their three picks, they'd be going crazy. Three of the best defenders in college football last year. I think that's a great – another great building block for that defense. Talk about a guy who just screams Dan Campbell football, right? I mean, really good pick for them there. So, I, I like the Nicobe Dean selection there a lot for them. Uh, 20 – sorry, 20. 35 here with the Jets. Uh, I'm going to go with Roger McCreary. A little bit early for him, but I really like his game. He's got really, really good tape. I think he was one of the better slot corners in this class. Um, again, it fits a need for them. They need a corner. He's not necessarily an outside corner per se at the next level. I don't think personally, but he's a really, really good slot corner. He gave out the Alabama receivers fits in the Auburn game. So, uh, again, this is a good player here for the Jets. At 36, the New York Giants are on the board. And I'm going to take a safety here. It's going to be the fourth safety off the board. And Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. They don't really have any depth at that position beyond Xavier McKinney and Love. Um, so he should step in and be the starting safety for them. I'm going to keep it rolling here with the DB run. I'm going to go at 37 here for the Houston Texans. I'm going to go Jalen Petrie. He's listed as a safety on, on the Draft Network's board. I don't know if he's a safety or a corner. He played a lot of slot corner for the for the Baylor Bears. He's a really good player. He's just a really good football player. I like his game a lot. He can play slot. He can play deep safety. He can play in the box. Um 
So and this is just another building block for, for Houston's defense, just a good football player all around. I agree. I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. And at 38, I'm going to give the New York Jets Boye Mafe, a guy that I really like. And they've been interested in edge rushers this offseason, and I'm giving them one here. Um, he had an incredible pro day. He's an incredible athlete. And giving them McCreary, Mafe, and Sauce Gardner, really building up that defense. Yeah, I'm going to go with the first offensive player in the second round here. We've got the Chicago Bears at 39 here. I'm going to go with Bernard Raymond, tackle out of Central Michigan. This is kind of a pick that is, in my opinion, it's a reach. Other folks have him really ranked really, really high. I don't know if he's a day one tackle, but you have to get better offensively on the offensive line for, for Chicago. They drafted Tim and Jenkins last year, who I really liked last year as a prospect. I loved his game. Didn't look great for them. I think he can slide him back to right tackle next year and put Raymond at left tackle where they're both kind of naturally fitted. Um, again, it's get a bit of a project, but this is kind of the pick you have to make here for Chicago just due to the fact that you need – you have to get the offensive line better for Justin Fields. I agree. All right, pick number 40. I'm going to take a quarterback here to Seattle Seahawks. They don't have a plan at that position currently. That could always change. But as of now, they don't. And I'm going to take the best player on the board in Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Because it's a no-trades mock, he's here at 40, which is unrealistic. But that's how it goes, this mock. Gives them something to look forward to. Gets him working with the wide receivers early before he starts most likely, um, regardless if they bring in a free agent like Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, or they stick with Drew Locke for a year. It allows Pickett to work with the offense and get used to the playbook before he is sent onto the field. Yeah, I like this pick for them. Regardless, like you said, regardless of what they do in free agency quarterback, whether they get Jimmy G or Baker, they stick with Drew Locke. It's a guy that you project could be really, really good. You're spending a second rounder on him. If you miss on a second rounder, you miss on a second rounder. It's not a big deal. You have one right after this at 41. So Pickett's not going to be here at 40. That's the nature of the mock, though. There's no trades. Quarterbacks, it's a bad class. And if Pittsburgh doesn't take him at, at, at what, what's that, 20, he ain't going to go anywhere else. And I don't think Detroit's going to take him anyways. If they're going to pass on quarterback at two, they shouldn't take one. They should just keep building the defense in the second round. So uh, this, is how it, this is how it falls. He's going to go in the first round of somebody else. But this is where we are. We're making the best picks we can. I like this pick a lot for Seattle. At 41, they're, they're here on the clock again. I know we picked Charles Cross with them in the first round. I'm going to go with another offensive lineman here in Tyler Smith who can play right tackle. He can play guard. He's out of Tulsa. He has good film against inferior talent, which is something you look to see in guys who play at smaller schools. Um, not that it's bad talent, but it's just not power five talent every week, which you look to see guys dominate that you want to play at the next level, and he did. Again, he's got flexibility up front. He can play guard. He can either guard spot. He can play tackle. He projects more as a guard, but I think, again, he could he could potentially play tackle. Emergency tackle flexibility is always important. The guy gets hurt. So if they want to, like I said, if they want to throw the ball and if they want to be able to run the ball like Pete Carroll always wants to, you got to get the offensive line better, which has been a problem for years. Right. It never seems like Russ had the O-line he would have desired, but I think it's a great pick for him and it's a good spot for him to go. 
at 42 here, the Indianapolis Colts are on the clock. And they do have the answer at quarterback, at least for the short-term future, in Matt Ryan, who came over from the Atlanta Falcons. And he's always been a thrower. He's led the league in attempts a few times. You're going to get 40 to 50 throws out of him every game. And outside of Michael Pittman, who is a young wide receiver, and Paris Campbell, they don't have anyone T.Y. Hilton's up there in age. And I'm going to go with Sky Moore here, who is a wide receiver out of Western Michigan. I think he will complement those two a lot. And we'll just help Matt Ryan as he also worked with three good receivers when he was in Atlanta. I like the fit there. I think it's it's a good fit in terms of what can help Matt Ryan maximize the offense. So that should be the goal for Indy. Their defense was fine last year. And there's no corners available here to take that I think are – Fits for that defense, so that's, that's the right pick for them there. 43, I got the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan's old team. Going to give him a receiver. Uh, we didn't give him a receiver in the first round. Going to give him one here. And John Mechie, the third from Alabama. Uh, ACL tear hurt his stock a lot. I think he projects really, really well. I think he projects really well next to Kyle Pitts. So this should be an easy pick for them to say. I think he's low on people's boards for some reason. I don't really get it. He projects really well. I like his game a lot. He's special teams impact too. So John Mechie here for the Falcons should be a pretty easy, easy fit. That same trend of easy fits. Pick 44 here, Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go with Marvin Leal. I think he will fit that D-line well out of A&M. And he's pretty versatile. 6'4", 285, I believe. And they don't really have anyone on that defense, interior defensive line at least. So giving them another Aggie to pair with Miles Garrett. And I think this will help Miles Garrett as well. I like that pick them for their uh, pick for them there. Jesus, rough day talking today. Um, yeah, I think he, he's fallen down boards too. He didn't test great. Um, but I like his fit. He's versatile. He's, he's multiple across the front. So pairing with Miles Garrett, he was going to get better. So. It works out. Got the Baltimore Ravens here at 45. I have the pleasure of picking for Brett's team. And I think Brett's going to be very happy with this choice. I'm going to go with Travis Jones, the interior defensive lineman nose guard from the University of UConn or University of Connecticut uh, uh, out of UConn. I think he's a lot like Jordan Davis. He's a really, really good run stopper. I think he's got a really good pass rush. Again, he fell down boards for some reason. He should. This should be a, a floor for him at, at 45 to the Ravens, I think. He's a monster, and this would be another very Ravens-esque pick. He's just – he's a freak, really good player. So, uh, this should be an easy pick for the Ravens. Marquise Brown or Lamar Jackson should be getting this to the podium as fast as they can. I agree. Going defense here with the first two picks is not something some Ravens fans would anticipate happening, but I think it's definitely the route the Ravens could take here as the offensive talent in the third and fourth rounds is better than you would expect, especially along the offensive line. So the team with the 46th pick, Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to go with a corner here and maybe the fastest player in the draft in Tariq Woolen out of University of Texas, San Antonio. They Minnesota Vikings don't really have corners. Cameron Dantzler is their best corner, and I think he could fit in well nonetheless have some special teams value early on, but then work into that starter role. 
Yeah, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. Freak athlete at 6'4", running a sub-4-2-5 probably. Um, just a really good player. Again, he, he dominated against inferior talent at UTSA, so he's at least a, a special teams monster for a team. So to take the upside here, it's, it's a really good pick. At 47 here for the Washington football team, I'm going to go Kyler Gordon, another corner uh, out of Washington. Second corner taken out of Washington. Uh, it seems like they always have a couple of corners every year that get drafted. They're just a, kind of a DB factory over there. Um, he's probably the top corner on the board here now, and I don't love his tackling, but I think he's he projects for me a little bit like a lesser Kyler alum. He's got decent, pretty good coverage skills. Not a great tackler, in my opinion. Um but again, if it, it, it fills a need for Washington, they need a corner. Um, thought about Stingley for him in the first round, but they need a receiver a little bit more. So, uh, going to go with Kyler Gordon here, filling that corner need. A lot. Forty-eight. Uh, Chicago Bears here. They got an O lineman in Bernard Raymond about ten picks ago. So we are going to go with a wide receiver in David Bell out of Purdue. 6'1", 212, so a couple inches shorter than the guy they just lost to the Los Angeles Rams in Allen Robinson. Bell will help fill that spot there and give Fields a guy to throw to that he could rely on and hopefully work together for the next decade or so. Got 49 here for the New Orleans Saints, a guy who should not be on the board here, but let alone no trades mock. Here he is, Matt Corral going here to the Saints. This should be a great pick for them if he's there. Again, he won't be. But I think he can compete with Jameis day one. I think Matt Corral could play day one. I don't know if he's should, but he, he definitely could. And that sneaky athleticism, again, compete with Jameis day one, probably take over in a year or two. So uh, in the second round, it's a great value for them getting Matt Corral. I agree. Even though they're bringing back Jameis, Corral can be the quarterback of the future, not using too much capital on him at 49. Great pick, really. Has to be the pick here. The 50th pick of our third mock draft, I'm going to go with Arnold Ebikite, the edge rusher out of Penn State to the Kansas City Chiefs. Brent Clark's their only real edge rusher that they have, and Ebikite could help take attention off of Jones and Clark. So I like the pick here, and I think the fit will be very solid there in Kansas City. Yep, fills a need for them. Really good pick. I like Abiketti's game a lot. Another really, really great fit here. Maybe one of my favorite player scheme fits that I've had so far. I'm going to go 51 to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to go Kenneth Walker, running back out of Michigan State. He's a bona fide RB1. I think that's very clear. Uh, it gives them a running back one to pair with Jordan. Jordan. Not only Jordan Howard's there anymore, is he? No, he is. Jordan Howard's still there. Uh, yeah. But to pair with Jalen Hurts out of the backfield, um, get that offense even better. The O-line's getting right. Get that backfield right. It gives them a really, really, really dynamic running threat, and it gives their their run game gets even better, and I think it was really good last year. And and getting their run game better is, is the key to that offense. And if Nick Sigrana can get that run game going, they could, be, they could be a sneaky team out of the NFC next year. I agree. It's a team to look out for, especially getting a running back here the second round. At 52, have the Pittsburgh Steelers. In the first round, I gave them an interior offensive lineman in Tyler Linderbaum. Here at 52, I'm going to give them an interior defensive lineman and stop the fall of the Oklahoma defensive lineman, Perry and Winfrey. I think he's a solid player. He can help penetrate the gap there or next to Cameron Hayward and help take attention off Hayward and T.J. Watt. 
Absolutely. It's a really good fit there. Uh, probably the best player on the board for them. So, again, I, hate, I know you hate giving the Steelers a good mock here, but it's been a great mock for them so far. Speedy of a team with a great mock, 53 the Green Bay Packers have had some really good picks so far. They pick Traylon Burks at 22, who I like a lot. Pick Trevor Penning, who's probably a really good value at 28. Get a tackle, help Aaron Rodgers with those picks. They're due for a really bad pick. Anybody who follows the Packers in NFL knows they are the worst drafting team in the league, and they just can't make good picks. So at 53, I'm going to give him Cam Thomas, uh, defensive end from San Diego State. I think he's super overrated. He's not a second-round pick, but the Packers are here taking bad picks. So here we are, Cam Thomas. Um, not much else to say there. Bad pick for a team that drafts bad players. Well, I can't say I like the pick, but <laughs> definitely a pick I could see happening, especially with them losing Zadarius Smith to a division rival. So I'm saying. So we are going to keep going here at pick 54. New England Patriots with their second of five picks this took this draft. I'm going to go with Christian Harris, linebacker out of Alabama. I think he could provide a lot of value without us going with a linebacker form in round one. Um, could help fill the spot that Dante Hightower just left this offseason. Yeah, I like to pick there a lot. Christian Harris is a guy kind of hard for me, at least to get a kind of, kind of a pulse on as a, as a prospect. Um, but again, good fitter for New England, fills a need. I wanted to give him Devin Lloyd in the first round, but with Andrew Booth there at 21, it couldn't pass on the talent there. We got 55 here with the Arizona Cardinals. They went Kair Alam in the first round. I think they're going to get the offensive line right here with Sean Ryan out of UCLA, interior offensive lineman. Played tackle for him. I think he's got versatility uh, inside and outside on the offensive line. They don't necessarily need a tackle, but again, he's got emergency tackle upside. So, guy gets hurt, you could slide him out there for a half if he needs to. Um, but I think he's a quality offensive lineman inside. He's really good in the run game, so uh, should get Arizona a lot better with James Conner getting the re-sign there. I agree. I'm going to stay on that offensive lineman train. With the Dallas Cowboys pick here at 56, I'm going to take another Georgia player in Jamari Sawyer. Jamari Sawyer has really played all over that offensive line throughout his career there in Athens. But I think he'd be a starting guard for the Cowboys and just gives them another depth piece until he becomes that starter and can always slide outside at tackle if need be. I mean, he had some great tape against Aiden Hutchinson in that semifinal game. Ooh-wee. I mean, he gave him the yeah. business a couple times. Um, so I love that. I really like Jamari Soller, and he's a great player, really versatile. Um, so a great pick for, for the Cowboys, as much as I hate to see it. Um, I'm on the board here at 57 with the Buffalo Bills. They drafted Kenyon Green, FX A&M, offensive lineman. And I'm going to give him another Texas A&M Aggie here with Isaiah Spiller, the running back, played for the Aggies this year. I think he's a workhorse. I think he's a running back one. Uh, they don't necessarily need a running back one, but they could. They definitely could use another running back. Zach Moss just hasn't been able to stay healthy as much as I hate to say it. Devin Singletary has been solid. It's just I think that's more of a byproduct of the offense. I think Isaiah Spiller is a really, really talented running back. Um, again, he was, he's a, could be a workhorse, workhorse for them. And, uh, yeah, going to give him another Aggie here. I like it. I'm going to keep the trend going of running backs coming off the board. And with the 58th pick, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. And I'm going to go with Brees Hall, running back out of Iowa State. I think he could be another running back one and 
Atlanta's only running back that they really have right now is Cordero Patterson. I think getting Brees Hall and having Hall fill in, really taking over that running back one role could help move Patterson around in an offense that just lost three wide receivers from last year. I like the fit there. Uh, again, they're, they're uncertain at quarterback with Marcus there. Uh, they want to run the read option game. Brees Hall is really good, really good fit there for them to pick. At 58, uh, 59 here with the Packers rounding out kind of this, the 50s here. I'm going to go with Trey McBride, tight end out of Colorado State. I think he's tight end one. I think that's pretty clear now. Um, Robert Tunyon's back in Green Bay. That should not deter them from taking Trey McBride here. I think he's a really, really good blocker especially for his stature. Um, not a lot of touchdown production at Colorado State, but the yards and receptions production were great. And they get Aaron Rodgers another weapon, maximize while he's still here and playing at an MVP level. You lose Devontae, you get Traylon Burks, get him another weapon and Trey McBride. Simple as that. I agree. Yep, it is pretty simple. And having all three picks there, or three of the first four picks for the Packers being on offense, Aaron Rodgers will be happy. And – Another guy that you have to maximize the time he has left is Tom Brady. And with him coming back to the Buccaneers and then being on the clock at 60, I'm going to go with an offensive lineman in Dylan Parham. He is a guard out of Memphis. The Buccaneers re-signed Ryan Jensen to a three-year contract. And I think Parham can slide in at center once Jensen's time in Tampa Bay is up. For the time being, Parham can be a guard Maybe starting, maybe not, but nonetheless solidifies the depth of that offensive line. Yeah, you can never have enough alignment. That's something that teams have learned. I think maximizing Tom Brady starts there up front. Uh, 61 here, I'm going to take another offensive lineman, a guy who's versatile again. I'm going to go with Darian Kindred out of Kentucky. Uh, he played right tackle for him last year and the year, year before. He projects more of a guard potentially. I really like his guard, his guard tackle flexibility, though. His, his tackle tape's actually really good, I think. I think it's not getting talked about enough that the guy has decent tackle tape. Granted, he didn't have a great tackle showing at the senior bowl. He's a really, really good run defender, that's for sure. Um, and San Francisco wants to run the ball. So it's a great fit for them there. He can slot in at guard, fill in where Lake and Tomlinson just got signed to the to New York Jets, slot him in at left guard. Could probably start day one. So this should be a slam dunk pick for them. Again, a mauler in the run game for a team that wants to run the heck out of the ball. I agree. Great fit for them there in San Francisco. At 62, I'm going to go with another Darian and Darian Kendrick, a corner out of the University of Georgia, a guy that can play outside. I think Kansas City is going to land a corner this free agency, whether it be Stephon Gilmore or someone else. But I think they're going to land one nonetheless, and it gives that defense a guy you can stick outside and give depth, start, because their only corner currently is Legereus Sneed who is a solid corner, but could always have guys around him. Yeah, I think taking another Georgia DB here for them is, is key. Again, Georgia Bulldog, really talented defensive player. They have to get better in the back end, like I said. So that, that, that's a great pick of them for them there. I got the Cincinnati Bengals here at 63. Rest is my last pick in the, in the two-round mock today. Going to go with a guy who is a bit of a projection, um, didn't test great, and a guy I actually mentioned in, our, in, in a couple pods ago about Guys at the combine I was looking forward to seeing who could hurt their stock or help their stock. I'm going to go with Daniel Falele, a tackle out of Minnesota. Mountain of a human being is at, what, 6'9", 380 pounds, 383 pounds, I think, because he came out of the combine. Yep. He's a huge dude. 
massive run game mauler, really bad senior bowl and pass pro. But again, the, the tools are there. The, he's huge. I mean, it, it, the size is there. He could be a really good run game player. Um, it's just a matter of the fact that he fell this far because he tested poorly for being that big. Um, he said he wants to lose some more weight, which I think would be huge for his feet. He's got meh feet right now. And I think a guy that big has got to have really good feet. So I think if he, he gets right in the NFL with those feet, he'd be a really, really, really good player. I agree. It's definitely a great guy to put on your offensive line for the future and help him develop, like you said. But to round out the two-round mock we have for y'all, the Denver Broncos are on the clock here at 64. They haven't done a whole lot other than the Russell Wilson trade, which included losing their starting defensive tackle. They lost Von Miller last year, so a guy that can help kind of pop back and forth filling both of those roles is Logan Hall and Ezra Sherrod of Houston. He's the most versatile defensive lineman available, and I like the fit here. Yeah, I don't think you have to overthink this pick for them. They, they lose a guy in the trade market. They lose a guy like Von Miller. Logan Hall can come in and kind of tiptoe between each spot. I don't think he's anything better than like a, I guess, technique-wise, I don't know if he can rush wide, but he's multiple across the front. It gives Bradley Chubb a guy across from him to rush with. So, again, don't overthink this pick. I think that's kind of been a theme, I guess, as we round up this mock here. Um, can't overthink the pick sometimes. I think when we're doing a no-trades mock and the board kind of falls, I think we kind of tend to try and big brain it, you know, come up with this unique pick. It's like you got to over, not overthink it sometimes and go with, go with a good football player. Um I've said it again. Shout out PFF for this draft. Good players. It's not that hard. Sometimes I think teams overthink it, try to project players and all this stuff. It's like, guys, yeah, just draft guys with good tape. I think that's something I try and harp on. Um, then when we talk a lot uh, about the draft, certainly with the Chargers, I wish they would just pick good players sometimes instead of projecting guys. Um, it's kind of my pet peeve with teams is, oh, I'm going to take a projection here. I'm going to try and predict Austin Jackson from Miami. He's a projection. He didn't work out. So draft good players. Again, Logan Hall there. Guy yeah, was just going to be a good football player for them. Get be a good pro. So um, I don't know if there's any shockers that didn't go. I think Desmond Ritter didn't go in the first two rounds. Neither did Quay Walker. Uh, a couple guys that people are high on. I guess Desmond Ritter's just a quarterback. He could go. I think a team could move up at the back end of the second round and get him. Um, but I don't know about you, bro. But that's kind of the only shocker that I have. Anything? Any surprises you have that we had guys that didn't go in the first first second round, or maybe surprise picks that I made that you didn't see coming potentially. Yeah, there wasn't really any surprise picks that I saw throughout our two-round mock. I mean, like you said, one quarterback in the first round, three in the second. Won't happen, but that's for the sake of the mock. That's how it played out. Um, Sam Howell was also a quarterback that was not selected in the first two rounds of our mock, which he likely will be. So at the end of the day, just having fun, thinking about some guys that could fit with some certain teams, and keeping you all updated with all of the latest draft info where teams have new picks week to week, especially this time of the year where players are getting traded, picks are getting traded. So if you want to stay up to date, stay listening to us at Cold Tea Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all for all the support. We appreciate it. We love getting you all the content. It's crazy. We're already four episodes and three mock drafts in to this podcast, but we're excited to get y'all episode five here in a few days and keep going with the mock drafts. And we have a different mock draft for y'all 
each week for the rest of the way here until the draft on April 28th, a month from today. So stay tuned. Like I said, we appreciate it. And we'll see y'all in a few days. Yep. See you guys then.